Episode 94. You are hanging out with singer and lyricist Courtney LaPlante and multi-instrumentalist Mike Stringer of the incredible new band Spirit Box. Ever since we were exposed to their insanely creepy and unnerving video for their track Belkara, we've become obsessed. Definitely look it up. It turned all the power off in the studio here like two times. Very creepy. Learn about their fresh approach to melting your brain through cinema, including the secrets of some of their videos like that one. Spirit Box makes music that is so unique and drenched in the influence not only of genre films sonically and visually, but in the paranormal as well. Using actual EVP recordings laced through their music. We'll talk to them all about that. Learn about their obsession with true crime, favorite horror movies, startling first-hand ghost stories, chocolate, cheesies, and burritos. At time of release, their new single, Rule of Nines, is out now. They'll be playing a live show in Victoria, B.C., Canada, February 22nd to kick off their European tour, supporting After the Burial with Make Them Suffer and Polar. Tickets are on sale now. Grab a coffee, Crisp, and enjoy episode 94. This is Courtney. And this is Mike. From Spirit Box. You are being possessed by another demonic episode of The, the Boo Crew. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is one of the most exciting bands out there. Emerging from the ashes of their previous group, the insanely cool and irreverent comic book gross-out horror metal project I Wrestled a Bear once, this new creative movement was announced in 2017, along with a debut EP released through Pale Chord. Cloaked in a veil of eerie mystique, they immediately connected with listeners who discovered them on their own like that secret passageway in a haunted house. Compelled by artful and touching lyrics disarmed by music that sounded like a nightmare, they laced the songs with actual EVP recordings, soaring melodies that serve only to weaponize the attack of the singer's screams. Their singles collections, available everywhere now, we are honored to welcome vocalist and lyricist Courtney LaPlante and guitarist Mike Stringer of Spirit Box. Wow. 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 Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys for being here and for being up in Canada. What brings you guys to LA? We've been recording a couple songs. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We're doing uh, two singles. Uh, we've been recording them at the uh, hallway studios in Woodland Hills. And uh, this has worked out perfectly to, you know, stop know. by. That's so, we're and, so um, This is a great ending to our trip. We're leaving tomorrow. I still have more stuff to record today, so I'm really trying not to freak out right now. <laughs> I, need, I need to finish, but I was like, it's perfect because I need to warm my voice up. So this is this is awesome. I can I'll be nice and warmed up and ready to go by the time we go back to the studio. And until then, you're gonna hear a really nice groggy, smoky voice. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we're, it's, this is a great ending to the trip. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But we're honored to be a part of it. Yeah. You guys so, are really gassing so us up with that intro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. Every word of it's baby. true. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, I know this is random, but I love Canadian candy. Do you guys have a favorite Canadian thing that you love that's exclusive to Canada? Oh. It's like, I love coffee crisp mm-hmm. that's like my favorite yeah i've been Smarties. showing her canadian confections first so, of all we're horrible people for not bringing you guys yeah we definitely oh. should have it's for okay sure. arrow bars please yeah, <laughs> next time. yeah. Next time. it's funny that you mentioned that because you know as we were talking before courtney's lived in canada for a very long time and it wasn't up until about i don't know would you say six months ago or something you had never had a bag of cheesies for, yeah, before i've been there for 15 years wow. and so i brought some home one time and she looks at them and she's like why did you buy those? I thought they were discount Cheetos. She thought, she thought that <laughs> like they were knockoff, like yeah. dollar you know, store. Yeah, you know, the, you know, the Hawkins cheesy. Yeah, yeah. She thought that they were like Walmart cheesies, basically, or whatever. And I was like, it's because, what do you mean, why did I bring them home? They're, they're literally the best things in the world. And he was like, she, she goes, let me see. Takes one bite of it and like just loses her mind. Because honestly, cheesies are like the best. Lauren, you haven't even tried no, cheesy. Oh what, my god! What is this? <laughs> Once again, I didn't even think about it because I just assumed that. Oh, he's he's from Vancouver. This won't impress him, but the rest of you would have liked it next time. We'll bring yeah, you next cheese. time. You'll see. Yay. We'll send you a care package. Oh, I'm Aww. into that. So, like, there's even a subscription service. I forget. It's called like Expats or something. It's some <laughs> delivery service where Americans can get Canadian chips and candy delivered to their yeah. door. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And you get like a care that. box. I saw it. Like some of those things that comes on Facebook, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that target, that targeted, oh, targeted ads. ads. We'll yeah. smuggle yeah. some stuff in next time. Yeah. yeah. yeah but cheesies, how would you describe them? They're kind of like Cheetos, but they're like compressed. They're like corn based. Yeah. They're made out of corn. Is that the difference? Yeah, that's the difference. And, and then it makes it a world of difference, to be honest and, with you. Oh, man. It's yeah. every, we love them. So I kind of regret introducing them <laughs> to her because they come in a massive bag. And, I eat and they're the always bag. on sale. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring a bag home. And within like one night, we'll just sit there watching like Hell's Kitchen and it'll just be gone. Oh, my gosh. Wait, your dad's coming this week. Yeah, he's coming from Canada. Yeah, yeah. come on. Load up. He's coming okay. from Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's time right, to write I'll write our him wrongs. a list. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for, I, lo- I love Coffee Crisp too. Oh, they're so good. And I really just, but I really just like all the, it's the more so the easy access to nice Cadbury chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you too. know, where yeah. in, in the States, where it's more Hershey's. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Which is not as good. I'm not no. going to lie. It's not as good. I'll tell you, though, when I was growing up as a kid in Canada, in the comic books I would read, there would always be ads for Hershey chocolate bars. I couldn't find them anywhere mm-hmm. in really? Canada. And so Hershey's was like a big deal for me. Know. Were you disappointed when you had uh, No, I like, like a Hershey bar. I like <laughs> myself a Hershey bar. <laughs> <laughs> so like when... Okay, so when it's Halloween, do they have like mini coffee yeah. crisp that you? Yes, can- I was just gonna say those are all. I would consider those all the Halloween candies. So get get your dad to bring you the pack. Yeah, yeah. the big box, the, the big fun box. size. Yeah, yeah. and Smarties. You love the Smarties. Oh, I love the Smarties. Which are different here. Smarties, are state like Smarties, powdered are, sugary. Yeah, yeah, the Rockets. Yeah. What you yeah. call in Canada yeah. was Rockets. Yeah. I was so confused. We had like this whole confusing conversation because he was talking about Smarties. I was like, oh, I'll get them, and I'm like, here's Smarties. He's like, what the hell's that? I was like Smarties, <laughs> and then he's like, "No, they're chocolate." You couldn't get a Smarties McFlurry. Yeah, you can. Oh, those oh are so, I totally right forgot. Now, I'm just like toying with and my right emotions now, right now. You know, they have like a seasonal thing right now. They have a Nanaimo bar McFlurry. Yeah. Whoa! I don't even know if you know what a Nanaimo well, I have bar is. No idea oh what that man. Is. It's like a brownie with mint in it, maybe? It's I've, like a coconut Coconut, base cr- coconut chocolate 
square. Yeah, yeah. But with a cream filling. Yeah. Oh my god. You'll see. Well, it's like creme de menthe. It's yeah. really, really very good. high end. And, <laughs> and, and like named Nanaimo Bar because I would assume its origins are in Nanaimo, BC. No, I, allegedly no. Allegedly what? no. That's what. But see, that's the thing. It's a it's a common misconception. Everybody, everybody thinks that that's the case, but we haven't looked into the Nan- really Nanaimo into Bar it. lore. No. <laughs> into the, the, it seems to be a really hot topic. Wow. So, yeah. It is. But we like coming here because I, I think it's maybe. If you ever talk to any other broke musician people who tour a lot, <laughs> not fancy ones that like fly everywhere and, and have fancy food all the time, but ones like us that live in vans, <laughs> we are obsessed with American food chains. Yes. Obsessed. Okay, like what? Let's talk about it. Just stuff that you would never want to go to. Like, like we always have a game plan. I'm like, all right. First of all, we need Chipotle for lunch. I love then, Chipotle. Then we're going to hit, then we need to go, I need at least one Cheesecake Factory on this door. I oh, love Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. That yeah. place is insane. And it's awesome yeah. for everyone. I'm yeah. today, back of my mind right now, I'm like, all right, Michael, we have two meals left here. One of them has to be a nice thing because we're going to go out with like our, you know, our producer tonight and say goodbye with everyone. We have to go to a nice dinner, but until then, nothing will stand between me and Veggie Grill. I need the buffalo, the fake chicken buffalo. You know what? They just opened one down the street. <gasps> well, there you go. It was meant to be. Brand new. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And I don't even know if it... I haven't eaten there in forever. I don't even remember if it's that good. I just really want it. I remember... <laughs> I just like that it's I can more have... more so the idea. Right, you can have it. Buffalo It's style really good. It thing. is really good. So and we love, you know, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, yeah oh we got God. one of those. Yeah. Last night, though, we went to Salsa and Beer. I haven't um, been, there. been there. I've been there, yeah. It's, good. it's just like the food... I, There's okay. just too much of it. I couldn't, I couldn't, like I was trying to take a picture of my food and I couldn't do it. Like I, yeah. I had to couldn't pull back phone. enough. Yeah. No, I had to have my phone up here. Yeah. They had to do like a panoramic. And I ate so much, but then I looked down at my plate and the server probably thought I didn't like my food because it looked like I didn't even touch my food. Oh, what yeah. are those places? Wow. Yeah. What about In-N-Out? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've, I've eaten it twice. since. I, I animal oh, style. I like yeah. the animal fries. Yeah. You have yeah. to. And every time I eat it, I'm like, it's not even that, it's not even as good as I remember, <laughs> but I don't care. I just, it's just, I can't have it at home. So El Pollo Loco? Do you do El Pollo? No, I haven't. No, we, we haven't done that. No. Well, I mean, Taco Bell is a novelty for us. We don't have one. We don't have on one. Really? Oh, wow. really? Or we have, we have I remember one, like, that being, Taco Bells are scarce up there. Whenever yeah. they, I found, found them, they were paired up with KFCs. Yeah. And I feel like it wasn't a full menu. Yeah, no, it's like a... It's like a quarter menu. Yeah, an express version yeah. of Taco Bell. It's an yeah. abomination. Taco Bell is the, apparently the most healthiest of the fast food. That's what I've heard. Really? That's what I tell myself. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I eat on tour all you the time. You justify it. <laughs> I like good, what you think. It's a good, convenient, like, vegetarian... Any any Mexican place is a nice vegetarian. Yeah, add bean, add bean, add bean, bean, baby, add bean. <laughs> yeah, just add bean. Yeah, I love that we spent like a good ten minutes talking about <laughs> yeah, no, the more, and candy. The I love more, it. The more this co- now, you know, we used to always be around other touring musicians. Yeah, this is just part of what we always. Oh no, you make sure like oh we have okay we're going to Newark tomorrow, so you know you make sure you get off on that exit because there's that there's that Flying J gas station that has the yeah. the Taco Bell in it. And if you don't get to, if you don't go to Wawa and 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 get the Wawa or the or Taco Bell, then you're stuck for 20 miles. You're not you're only going to get McDonald's. That's <laughs> awesome. I love and that so, tour logic. And right? so now yeah. and so now we're we don't do that as often anymore. And so we're just like waxing about it to our family. Yeah. Like like you know we'll go visit my dad in the states. And we're like all right, dad. 
right, we got to go to Panera Bread. And he's just, <gasps> and he's like, we don't really have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not go there. <laughs> How about Cracker Barrel? That's always uh, like an uh, oasis on, on a best. tour, I imagine. When we got, we got married a couple of years ago and uh, we had, uh, this sounds very excessive, we had like a Canadian wedding and then an American wedding because I have some elderly grandparents that can't, they couldn't come to our wedding in Canada. So we did the, we did like two weddings a week after one another. And we took Michael's British parents to Cracker Barrel for the first time. Uh, yeah. And they lost their mind. Still <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Like, yeah. need to go back to the Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go to that place, the Cracker Barrel? Yeah. And then. What did they yeah. like so much about it? I don't know. Well, I think at first they were just confused. They don't understand. Right. I mean, like, who There's walks no into crackers. a restaurant and the first thing is a gift shop? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that piqued their interest. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I guess they just really hadn't, uh, you know, gone into the world of Southern food yet. Yeah. Right. So then, I mean, I, that being your first taste of it, I guess, yeah. The you, biscuits. You'd be pretty <sighs> blown away. <laughs> Um, I've never been there. Yeah, you've never been. It's so good. It yeah, is it's very. Good. Oh, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah. Are they better than Lucille's biscuits? Because no. I don't. I haven't. Ate, I haven't possible. eaten them since I've had Lucille's biscuits. Honestly, no, I'm sure. They're, I'm sure Cracker Barrel's trash. It's the novelty though of, of yeah. us not getting to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all about the novelty. We went. We went. Uh, his parents came with us to Alabama one time to visit my family there. And then the last, the day before we left, we were like, let's take them to the Waffle House. <laughs> and we, they were just having a great time. And then that, that day we went to that, to the Waffle House and Michael's dad, he got his food and then he ate it and he was so into it. He looked at us. He's like, this place has been here the whole time we've been here and you've never taken me to the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, we were leaving the next day and he was Flips trying to, he over. was trying to like coordinate coordinate like all right but if we leave at seven we can, we can go, go to the, the waffle house, house before the flight or like yeah. barry we're That's not, not happening yeah so he he's hooked we gotta bring it we gotta get him back like to the, the waffle, waffle house, house here because well, he we went, have a waffle house but i'm sure it's he different. went to the one in just in, in alabama in alabama oh so it was, okay you know, it's probably it's different. even grease it was greasy and just, yeah and it's it's funny he too because he looks down on denny's but it it's just, it's the same. He's probably going to listen to this. Barry, we're calling you out. You yeah. look down, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's a call out. Uh, at me, Barry. <laughs> there was one more thing I wanted to mention. It was about candy. Oh, remember I told you, like, when Lauren didn't know what Smarties were, like, what, uh, Canadian Smarties were, I said, you don't know, like, there's a Smarties song. And she's like, what? Do you remember? It's like, Smarties yeah, song? the Smarties song. I'll remember. probably, I'll start singing. You probably remember okay. it. When you eat your Smarties, do you eat the red ones last? Oh do you crush God. them yeah. very slowly or suck them very fast? You know what? Right? Yeah. You remember that? I remember that. Yeah. When, now my my age, when I when when they had their song, it was kind of in the nineties, um, late nineties, like new metal guy, like industrial music revival time. So when I was a kid, we had they they had the song for the powdery sugary candy smarties from america too but it was like an industrial song if you look up the commercial just type in like 90s smarties commercial it's like when you eat your smarties do you eat your red ones last and that's all it said <laughs> really yeah what? <laughs> wow 
That's so funny. They're just trying to go with the trend there. Right, right. <laughs> Look it up later. Just type in like 90s Smarty commercial. Yeah. Oh, it was that's... really metal. Yeah, it's, it's, when, it's when corn was in their heyday. And yeah. they right, right, right. Off of <laughs> nice. Now I could talk about like food forever, but okay. <laughs> All right. So your guys' music and visuals definitely have inherently creepy and unsettling vibes. Let's talk about the horror influence beginning with your first experience you remember having being exposed to the horror genre the first experience hmm. could be a film it could be yeah. a book a tv you know show you know what i think it, it's one of those i don't i never think about it like this but you know when you're a really little kid and you and you start watching something that like a grown-up may find disturbing within their context but as a kid you, a kid you don't find it that way i think it would have to be a nightmare before christmas because i i literally watched it every single day for probably three years. Me and my little brothers would yeah. put that on and we'd act out all the parts every single, you know, kids watch yeah. the same thing over and over, but you don't think about it as being s- disturbing till you're older. Sure. So, yeah. you know, or at least I didn't have the, the context for that. And so I, th- but that, that would be it. It's just really, really dark and, and disturbing. But then, you know, do you like that? Obviously, you like that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the the monsters in the beginning. What do they say? Yeah. They say that's our job, but we're not mean. Yeah, this yeah. Sound of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think mine. I think mine would definitely have to be um, Nightmare Before Christmas as well, just as like as like a youngin. But I think my first real exposure to you know the horror genre, as like light as it was, was probably Sleepy Hollow. That was like the first oh, one that oh, I was wow. really hooked on. And then after that, I I do I don't know if it came after or not. I could be wrong, and maybe this one was the first one. Was I was I was at a I was at my friend's house sleeping over, and all of the kids started watching Thirteen Ghosts, mm. Ooh. and like the remake with Matthew Lillard. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It was. Yeah, color yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, that that was I was terrified for sure. That was the first one that I remember actually being really disturbed about. Like I, I couldn't watch it really. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember how old I was, but I would I would say one of those was definitely the first one. And then actually being really. Well, me and my little brother are always really scared when the guy says, I am the one hiding under your bed. <laughs> right. We didn't like that guy. Yeah. But I think the first time I was really just dis- like actually disturbed from an uh, actual horror movie. The rest is just, you know, I see my parents watching like a violent movie and that would disturb me when I would be like walking by. Mm-hmm. But I think the first movie that really disturbed me, my mom let me watch the exorcist because it's a really good movie. And and that was our thing. We'd go to movie gallery or blockbuster every Friday night and we'd rent, there was like a dollar for each movie when we'd rent like eight movies and she would kind of like chaperone me, you know, she'd be like, all right, you can close your eyes if you want. Like there's about to be like some boobs and it's a sex scene, you know, (laughs) like like she'd like give me a heads up or like, all right, uh, this this person's gonna die like she you know she so i could choose to not watch or we could like talk it out because she loved movies and she wanted me to be exposed to cool movies and so yeah i i watched the exorcist because i my dad watched it when he was a little kid by himself in a basement oh when he was a little kid so i was like well i want to watch it so i think when i was like 13 i watched the exorcist with my mom i had to turn it off at night and watch it again in the daytime because i was so disturbed from that movie. What was it that disturbed you about the movie? All of the weird imagery of all like the weird uh, sounds. There's like buzzing bees the whole time in the background. There's just really weird 
sonically there's a lot of weird stuff happening in that movie like a lot of weird tension obviously i was really scared of like the little girl getting possessed but all the tension at the beginning when there's nothing jumping out at you yet you know just like them sitting in the for her to get a cat scan and right like that it's like all the scenes are so tense because i know something scary is going to happen i've we've all seen the girl walking you know and right. doing a bridge and walking down the, <laughs> the stairs yeah. but before all that i was like the whole time i was like waiting for the clues of stuff happening and so i go so on edge like the whole time i think i was more scared of like the first half of the movie than i was the second half of the movie because it was so tense there's no release yet of like a jump scare. Yeah, they did a really good job of that in that movie for sure. That one and and the ring, I've never to this day looked when at the end when the girl comes out of the TV and it and <laughs> oh. shows her face. I can't, I can't look. I yeah. just can't look at it. I tried. I think one time you like freeze framed it for me. So I yeah, I was look. like, so, yeah, there she is. I can't do it. I think even uh, looking back at it too, it wasn't even more more so like the horror stuff that got me. It was more so the the paranormal stuff that got me when I was younger probably uh, mothman was oh, yeah, yeah. was one that got me for sure and um watching a lot of ghost shows for sure when i was younger as well have you ever had a paranormal experience i have yeah when, when you i was were really young kid. when i was what really happened? young we lived in this old house and my room was to the right of my parents room and it was at the end of this long hallway I, I always remember when I was younger, like, you know, hearing my name when no one was there and stuff like that. Just random whispers and stuff. But you weren't, you said you'd like, you weren't really scared yet because no, because you, you know, you're a kid, you don't have context yet. of no. why That might be weird. Yeah. You know? It's just kind of, it, it wasn't something that was like, a you're someone so threatening me or anything yeah. like that. It was just something weird like that. But I still remember to this day. Yeah. Like I, I woke up one night and I was terrified and I opened up my door and I walk across the hallway. And when when you go to open up my parents' room in that house, there's a long hallway before their room even starts. And it was pitch black. And I open up the door and I just see this shadow figure standing and looking directly at the wall to my left, just facing it, basically like an inch away from the wall. And it kind of looked like my dad, like my, you know, my dad has a, you can tell it's my dad by the, by the way that, yeah. And, um, he was staring at the wall and I, I remember distinctly saying like, dad, is that you? And I, I was shaking cause I had a nightmare or something like that. And I remember this figure turning to me and walking towards me and then disappearing. And it wasn't your dad. And it wasn't my dad. <sighs> and I distinctly remember, you know, why is my dad standing in the hallway just staring at the wall? You know what I mean? It's like one in the morning or something. So that was the biggest one that I've ever had. And honestly, I still remember it. When he first told me about that, like this was probably like eight years ago he told me, you know, back when you would first tell tell me about this, like I I watched you, like you were disturbed, reliving oh, it, yeah. and telling it. To I remember me. every moment of it. Yeah, yeah, he still remembers it. Yeah, was that the only <laughs> only time that happened? Only time. But wow. he said, you know, the typical thing you always hear in movies and stuff, where you walk out and the mom, your mom's like, "Why did you throw your stuff all over your room?" And you come back and your clothes yeah. are, you know, like little things that a kid doesn't understand how to say. I didn't do that. Yeah. kids always say that. I didn't yeah. do it. You know, so it was a weird house from the outside. It just looked really small, but it was massive. It was probably over 2000, like 2,400 square feet, Huh? but it just looked like a tiny, small home. And then, you know, the basement was just, you could rent out three parts of it. You know what I mean? It was just massive and a lot of unusable space and it's just odd. I always wonder if your parents got real weird vibes about that too, because they kind of like, it was a great house and they always talk about, man, I wish we had kept that house. 
Yeah. It's right down the road from where they live now, but they got out of there. Like they didn't, they wanted to, I wonder, I always wonder, I think last time I talked to them about it, they're like, no, it was fine. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because we left that house to move into a much older home where unfortunately uh, the people who owned it had passed in the house. So in my mind, I was like, oh, great. Like part two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, like, but, but no, nothing. Yeah. Huh. They gutted the whole thing and made it all new and everything. And yeah, but nothing. But did, yeah. Did you ever go back and research that other house, that first house to see if anything had happened there in the past or anything like that? Not really. I, when I was younger, I, I remember, do, do you remember ever going on a website called the Shadowlands? No. There was this website called the Shadowlands and it was made, it was back when like websites were very like DIY. Sure. Like they all had the same text and like bright colors and stuff mm-hmm. and these right. broken links and everything. And this guy just had this forum of just people coming together and talking about experiences, sharing photos, EVPs, just every videos back before YouTube, where it was just a quick time link and it would have to load and you'd sit there. And I remember being so young looking at this stuff, like nine, 10 years old. And I was obsessed with, you know, just all that stuff because it's just so interesting to me, whether you believe it or not, you know what I mean? It's just very fascinating. And I remember researching and people saying like, well, you know, if your house is, it's near a cemetery or if there's a lot of fields, there could be some energy or, you know, something there that could cause a haunting or demon or something. And I remember asking my mom, like, do you know what, do you know if this house was built on fields or anything? And I never really got a straight answer, but yeah, I remember being much younger and trying to figure that out because, you know, at least then it would have made sense. I could have put two and two together, but to this day, I've, I have no yeah. idea. And you never know. It could have been a, Scary dream. Yeah, it, could very, it very well could have been. I don't know, but but I, I feel like to this day, I'm 28 now, and I still remember each moment of mm-hmm. it. And it was just the most real thing possible. Yeah. Everything that's ever happened to me, I've just, it's so weird because I, I'm so interested in paranormal stuff, but I, I always rationalize whatever weird thing that's happened to me away. And I think it, I think, it, you know, it's like a coping mechanism. You're like, that didn't really happen. Yeah, like at all anything that's ever happened to me that I I just felt like a strange presence. Have you ever had that happen? And it's especially if you're kind of half asleep. It's like your body's almost protecting you. They're like, just go back to sleep. Yeah, there's not someone in your room trying, yeah. you know, haunting you. You're just like go back to sleep, and and you kind of just listen to your brain. You're like, all right, yeah, I'm going back to sleep. So I've always been like that. I was in like. Nah, it's you know, I was I was just really stressed out that night. I probably had a bad dream, but mm-hmm. I yeah. I had a weird thing on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Oh, really? We played a show on the Queen Mary. No yeah. way. Yeah, we and, did, I, yeah. and I still rationalize it away. But yeah, I was just like joking around. We we found, you know, our, our it was funny because our green rooms for the show were just the hotel rooms. So they, you know, our, our it was our green rooms were all just like the, the suites in the in the hotel and on the boat. And so. After our show, we were just all hanging out and having fun, hanging out with, you know, other bands that played the festival on it. And it was super fun. And then we jokingly, you know, we found the unmarked door that's like the most haunted room in the place. And we were just all drinking and having fun. And I went up to the door and was like, oh, is anyone, you know, you know, we were all like, hey, you want a beer? Ghosts, do you want a beer? Like, we were just like, do you guys want to smoke a joint? Yeah. Ghosts drink wine, by the way. Yeah. They're civilized. Come on. That's a Chardonnay, honey. Yeah. And um, some of the guys was like, hey, I hear like a faucet in there. And I put my head against the door and I can't, it's, I'm sorry to get so dark, but it was like, 
it was like a uh, there was a little finger just all scratching in my head, like 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 as like a fingernail, like scratching into my head. And all of a sudden it was like I imagine it must be like with someone who's going through like a manic depressive phase. I wasn't crazy anybody, but I just like got I just had to walk away. And, and all I could really think was like, I don't talk to me. I will strangle you if you talk to me. And I, I honestly like in my head, it was like jump off the side of the boat. It was like someone was telling wow. me, like, go jump off the side of the boat. Whoa. And, and it was like and it made sense. I was like, yeah, I got to jump off the side of the boat. And it was really weird because Michael could just tell that I was really upset. Yeah. And, and then it was so he grabbed me. And he's like, hey, the farther away we keep going down the corridors, the farther away we go, the, the better you're going to feel. And it was like the farther away I got, the better I I felt it was like lifted off. But it yeah, it was weird. And I, and I still I rationalize it like like. Oh, uh, you know, I was just really worked up because I was scared. It was it was a scary place. Right. And I I probably just was maybe really going through a, a depression or something. And then I don't know. What did I do for the rest of the night? I went into the hotel room. I just laid down. It and took talked. you a little while to kind of come back. Yeah, yeah for sure. Of, I felt like I got electrocuted. Like yeah. my I got all swollen. Like my eyes got all swollen and my ears got all swollen and I, and I, and it was like, I was having an allergic reaction kind of. Yeah. You know? Well, it was interesting too, because the whole time people were saying, Oh, there's one room on here. That's really bad. And we were walking around drinking and there is still ghost tours happening. And so we kind of were down the hall and you can hear in the distance, like the guy like, and now this is room one, three, two, this is what boarded up, room. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, there it is. And as soon as they left, we walked over and you know, we're kind of like putting our ears up against it and just, seeing if there's anything there and yeah so had we not have like come across that we wouldn't have even known you know what i mean so and i think now you can actually stay in that room right leo they have yes. yeah you wow. stay, yeah they yeah. redid the inside and oh yeah have when we went there, there there was you couldn't there wasn't they yeah. had ripped everything right. out yeah i think yeah. it's just recently yeah. that they opened that room and it's like i think it's an elevated experience like an extra yeah. experience right, right. You can stay right. in the haunted room it's yeah. booked for years you know yeah right. why is it like that ship is like the most haunted ship in the world so leo do you remember why it was haunted uh well the the ship during world war ii was used to transport troops i guess back Mm -hmm. and forth from from the uk you know to the mainland i don't know if they were transporting troops that were fatally ill or might have died on the way back home or Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not sure the entire history of of that you know on it yeah Yeah. it feels like yeah there's a lot of death there and then of course there have been some tragic accidents there you know itself of course that room they say it's haunted the swimming pool the uh, pool yeah and uh the doors was it to the uh, engine room or something? That's another location. They say that somebody got trapped there and was crushed to death or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember reading that. Well, it was interesting too because recently we went to um, Zat Bagans uh, Haunted Museum in oh, Vegas. Oh, we oh, want to go there Michael so bad. Well, we want to. My birthday. It was incredible. It was incredible. This was recently. Yeah, uh, this in was February. last February. Okay, we went. There's an exhibit, a Queen Mary exhibit, and they have the haunted mirror there, where the captain of the ship allegedly looked into the mirror as it was pretty wild and he like i don't know i don't remember there was so much stuff in there i was so overwhelmed that i didn't absorb everything they said but they had some creepy stuff in there. yeah that's the thing that it was that, really that cool. house is massive and each each room is a different exhibit and i don't know how many how many exhibits did we go through like 50 60 yeah it was like we were in there for at least two hours and yeah. and it was really it's really cool it's like a whole interactive experience you go from room to room and and a, a new host greets you and it's like come in here and, yeah yeah and it's really it's, phenomenal. it's so morbid it's so depressing and morbid and i even got to see the um 
with the box. The Dimmick box. Yeah. The Dimmick box. Michael didn't go in. He just that like, was, that, no. was, that was one of them that I, I opted out for. Like, really? Yeah. That, that's an insane story. It was a Post Malone who ended up opening yeah. it with Zach Baggins yeah. or touching it or something. And yeah. then he got into a bunch all of this horrible. crazy shit happened. Yeah. I just, I just, I was like, it's not worth it. It's yeah. Just, it's just I went in and looked at it. But ever <laughs> since that Queen Mary thing, I've, I always was timid and I always thought I was being respectful around that stuff because I'm, I don't necessarily like, I'm not super convinced even after all that weird stuff but i still like don't i want to be respectful and so i you know i i went in but i'm like i don't want to really like look around or touch anything i just yeah I just went in there is it under glass or yeah. something what is and it there's like a rim of salt, salt around, around it, it and they have uh prayers going going 24 7 uh, your speakers, speakers. Wow. whoa did you guys go in and sign the forms to see the stair was it the staircase from the demon house yeah that's oh, that's the last that part creepy. of it oh. it's the big grand finale it's really creepy they really rile you up for it too it's like you don't have to be in here if you don't want to like people you can, get you can sick leave. leave people get sick and then even even the person showing you the room was just like i don't want to be in here for too long so everybody's set I'm gonna, I'm gonna press a button i'm gonna leave and <laughs> so they press a button and this thing's like and then it's just there and you can only see a certain like you have to go really close to kind of check it out. Of course you do. Yeah, of course. We're and obsessed uh, with Ghost Adventure. Oh yeah, big you guys time. have seen the documentary, right? Yes. Yes. Demon House. Yeah. Yeah. It was what, very. Creepy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I it, it's it's one of those things where I went into it expecting Zach to kind of be a specific way that we kind of know him. I was for. expecting a little bit more of my. The, of campiness yeah That's why sure. i love ghost adventures right. yeah but it was dark but it was dark and and i really really appreciated that i really liked that honestly. i'm surprised you made it through the warning at the beginning i still can't make it through the warning at the really? beginning i've seen it they have not yeah because uh, of the warning at the beginning what, what'd, like, you hey, you could, what'd you think of it what'd you think of it it could follow I, you. I, I love it because this is a recent case yeah this happened what like five six years ago at the tops i mean and it's very compelling the way that they yeah. document everything yeah and it happened what, in gary indiana and yep. and there is a, a, a at least a police officer, a doctor, two the, social workers. Yeah, the social worker who, yeah. who were witnesses to this boy and walking up this, you know, the wall backwards. Yeah, you know, it's like, and you could feel their kind of embarrassment of having to admit. You know how, like, I was just talking about like the, right. the scary ghost thing. Like, I felt really embarrassed saying that. You know, it's like people they don't have any. They don't have a horse in the race. They're not. Right. They're not trying to get attention. Right. They're they're kind of sheepish about it. The really yeah. interesting part of that documentary too is when the person's driving by that just happened to live in that place. Right. And then they kind of get talking and then they walk through it together and you know, she starts acting very, very weird Yep. because Axe asking her, asking her being like, did you, which room did you stay in? You know, she's like, Oh, I used to, this was my room. And like her kids there are there now like walking around, checking it out, like not really knowing what's happening. And you know, she just starts acting very strange. Like basically like I need to leave. Yeah, and then after her teenage daughter tried to kill herself, she was like crazy overcome with that. So it's really bizarre, and it's um I don't know, but I did find. If, do you like Ghost Adventures? The show Ghost Adventures. <sighs> I'm scared of it, man. <laughs> really? No, I love Ghost yeah. Adventures. My favorite. I love. It's so. I it's it's one I of our it's it. one of our guilty pleasure shows oh, for sure because yeah. it's every night. It I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on it because sometimes you watch it and you're just like. Come on. Right. Really? Like, why are you yelling and everything? But then sometimes they present some stuff that's actually incredible. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I kind of like that, though. The dynamic of like, this is kind of hilarious to like, wow, that's terrifying. I guess you, you need know? that balance, right? <laughs> if it was all just terrifying, it'd yeah. be just. Oh, We're my obsessed God. with Zach Baggins. Oh, like, yeah. Wow. Big time. Me meeting Zach Baggins would be like 
if Beyonce walked in here, <laughs> like I like if Zach Baggins came in, I would just be like, oh my god, it's here. Well, he we, is. Went, we went to the museum, and uh, the whole time, you know, everybody goes in there. They're they're always like, where's Zach? Where's Zach? You know, the the guy at front's like, well, he might be in today. I don't know, because apparently he goes there like every yeah. day. And we we went through it, and then the next day, we were on Instagram or something, and someone, uh, I guess Zach, posted saying like, oh, today was our what like it was like the hundred thousand visitor person. and i, so I came and you know hung out and, it, oh. and we looked at our ticket numbers and we're like oh my god we were so yeah. close we could have been there with him <laughs> can you imagine yeah that uh, would have been hilarious like because full circle our band our band name obviously is from a spirit box but but it the second layer to that is the reason that we know what a spirit box is is because we love ghost adventures so much and uh-huh. zach's always using a spirit box so that's those it's like the second more campy layer to the name and explain what for those who don't know what a spirit box is and how he uses it on the show and yeah it's just a device that scans through radio frequencies extremely fast and the odds of picking up a full sentence or a direct response or something you know you would think would be pretty slim to none but this device actually picks up intelligent responses and to people who believe it you know it's it's said to, to be a device that communicates with the dead Yes, yeah, so they'd be EVPs. Yeah. Yikes. Okay, so on your debut EP, the songs are haunted by an actual EVP recordings, right? Yeah. yeah. So what is the story behind accessing those and your intent behind that? Like, why? Well, coming out of our last band, it was kind of one of those situations where it was all of a sudden like, okay, we're no, we're no longer a band, right? And we were still on tour when the decision was made and we were finishing up the tour. And so the remaining members, the ones that were along for the ride, we were like, well, we should start a new band. You know, we started discussing ideas and everything. And, you know, basically the general consensus was like, you know, we love the name Spirit Box. Absolutely obsessed with the paranormal stuff. Why not do almost not like a concept record, but why don't we for at least the first stuff we can do? one long song for some of the stuff and we can have like a really consistent almost like white noise that was the original thing was that it was going to be like a white noise type thing throughout like an atmospheric thing thing to kind of blend in with the layered guitars and everything and like the ambient stuff and then that kind of evolved into like well i mean we're naming our band spirit box and we love this stuff why not kind of give it a whole nother element where we're combining actual captured evp recordings throughout and that can almost be a theme where like if something really pretty is happening that can be in the background almost like you don't even notice it or when something extremely heavy and ugly is happening that way it's the contrast between like you don't know who you're talking to it could be something very friendly or something very very uh you know very negative so that was the whole concept behind that it was just kind of bringing those elements together because the music is so it's so contrasted with like really pretty singing and then really disgustingly we, heavy we didn't stuff. have access to be able to <laughs> right. you know afford, on our island like afford a real spirit box right so we so michael went and he he found he got a bunch of old radios from value village yeah like that were some of them didn't work some of them did and he just how long do you think he spent just like scanning that uh, scanning the radio and talk and talking and having stuff jump out at you i wasn't there i was like i can't deal with it well <laughs> a lot of that well a lot of that you know it's it's funny some of the evp stuff was even taking certain sessions that i found like on youtube that were really really interesting and then taking them in and pitching them cutting them stretching them and just making them 
kind of different and then going and getting like like you're saying like getting the radios and just scrambling them extremely fast and it was interesting doing that too where you know some of the commercials and everything would a word like fire would come out or like i remember there's yeah. if you listen really closely in the beginning of the third song on the album a lady says light a fire in a really creepy way but that was just part of a commercial that was like scanning so we're like well that's perfect we'll just leave that in right. and, you know so yeah it was, it was it was a lot of that it was a lot of different when you, like when you stretch stuff and pitch stuff down like all of a sudden just the what we thought were you know just michael turning the knob there was all this there's all this stuff in there that you don't notice until yeah. you isolate it. And it's really creepy. I don't like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like even just hearing it. Like there's some weird, weird laughs and stuff. And Michael spent a lot of, t- I guess since he was looking at it from just a, an actual like production point of view, he was sitting there and just really concentrating on getting cool, like clear takes. But I heard it after he was done splicing everything up. And I was just like, I hate this. It's so Whoa. scary. It's really scary. Yeah. Was there a message? particularly sinister that you uncovered and that's on one of the tracks there's definitely a lot of themes there's definitely a lot of like the same person and it kind of even if you were to isolate parts of the first track because they're all different if you isolate part of the first track and then you get to maybe like i don't know at the end of the record where it's fading out with some of some of the static too you'll hear the same guy but people but, don't even know that we have this spirit box going through no, the well, that's, they don't even Eddie notice. P. They don't even notice it's because kind of it's just kind of there. Yeah. If you were to remove it, though, it would sound so empty, right? We even have it playing. We have the the spirit box session playing the, almost the whole time we're, that we're playing live, too. Yeah. And people don't notice, but it's it's going out of our the the speakers the entire time as yeah. our set's happening in between while we're tuning our guitars and stuff. There's a there's really weird, completely strange, random stuff whether it's like a commercial like we're like selling cars yeah. but they're like only certain parts get picked out and it's not, every everything you're like so heightened it's your senses are so heightened to everything being creepy when really it probably is literally just a car salesman yeah like, yeah you know well and, and like, a, like a like i was about to say it's just at that point when we were putting everything together i had so many and so so many of them were cut so many, so many of them were like stretched and everything that at that point, it was more so I was looking at it like, oh, this is going to be an effect as opposed to like, I'm trying to make a distinct, clear message. There there are like, like more so in song three and so in the second song as well. There are some stuff that you, if you listen really closely, you can pick up like some messages like the light, light of fire or um, help. There's yeah, a, there's help. a, there's a little girl that says help, but oh, just, you know, it's just weird, very weird how you can get that from trying certain things or like going scanning through the radio and you know and disturbing messages kind of coming through <laughs> another disturbing thing with a spirit box is when it's not when nothing's coming through it just makes this really repetitive static noise yeah it just goes yeah and so we have so that's almost like we have that in a lot of songs too as in like the spirit box isn't communicating like what happened why did the a new presence is coming so sometimes it's a kind of our little transitional thing we have that yeah Almost like a build or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Tension. Are these, any, are these oh, recordings uh, done at your house? or? Uh? Yeah. Well, and, and some of the recordings as well, um, funny enough, were done through a, a Spirit Box app. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can download an app on your phone. You, can, you just turn the sound. I don't want it on my phone. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> yeah. <It's> scary. Like, <laughs> you turn the sound bank off so there's nothing saved, right? And then it, it, you can you can scan the frequencies fast or slow, AM or FM, and it just goes. And the whole time it's just like, ka, 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 ka. 
and just random things come in. It's like, hello, and just like random stuff like that. We deleted that. it off our phones. We're like, I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really Anytime scary. we go to record, I have to re-download it. Just like, well, we need something. Okay. So, <laughs> Has anyone ever reported like anything weird happening from listening to that the ep or anything you know what no i don't think so i don't unless, know yeah, unless you've gotten some messages but. i don't know i've had some, I, I think people just get really stoned and put headphones on and <laughs> yeah. freak out sure, and yeah. sure. stuff that you don't normally hear in yeah. nice headphones but i don't think so yet something honestly something weird happened the first time i watched the belcara video Oh. It shut all the power off in this room <gasps> two times. What? Really? Yeah. That video on two different weird. two different occasions. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That video is creepy. It's That's incredibly ourselves, creepy so and amazing. By the way, I love Thank the house. You. Yeah. That yeah. House is, is on our island. What's the story with that? That actually that story is pretty wild. So we got everybody together, and for I don't know, probably it was it, we probably set it up two weeks before we like finalized the location because funny enough where we live there there's nothing really there's no warehouses there's no it's not like la it's not like la where <laughs> i can just go to somewhere and be like hey can i shoot a music video in here on saturday here's like 200 bucks or something like it's not like that even though we have so many amazing buildings and everything it's just like it's almost like they're like heritage buildings sure. so yeah access isn't easy you can't get it and when you're adding like a full band and like a drummer banging on drums for eight hours into the mix yeah. you know how right. it is it makes things a little so the original harder. plan was just to have this performance video and to, you know just make it look really sharp and you know we can show off that we have a new drummer blah 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 and we show up to this location and for about a week and a half before i'm emailing back and forth with this person and i'm saying like it's okay that we're going to be playing music, right? Like there's going to be drums. We're shooting a music video. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, we go great. and check out the spot. The lady, the representative there, she's walking us around. And it's a great little, it's a really awkward, really just weird white room. Basically it's perfect. Right. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have drums. It's going to be cymbals. We're, we'll be really quick, but like we really need, oh yeah, we do it all the time. No problem. So the day comes, we get everybody together. And like the other members of our band don't live in the same city as us. So it's like people are flying in, you know, there's, it's a lot of organization to get it going. We get up there, we set up, and we hit play. We get maybe a take and a half in, and all of a sudden you just hear bang, 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 and just aggressively. And so I run down the stairs. And, we and this is on tape. video, by the it's way. It's all right? on video. No yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> run downstairs, and I open up the door, and this lady's like screaming at me. What the just hell? Just losing her mind, being like, what the hell are you doing? Like rightfully so. She's yeah. like, what is going on? Because we, we did it in Fantan Alley. It's this, it's a sm- small little alley in Chinatown where we live. And, you know, of course, <laughs> I should have known, but I was, so, I was so like, we need anything at this point. You know what I mean? Because we need to get this done. And so she starts freaking out. And I'm, I'm just being like, look, like, I totally get you're mad. I totally get like, this is affecting you. Like, please just give us 25 minutes we're just gonna run through it two or three more times and we'll be out of your hair and she she is just like okay fine just make it quick you know run upstairs hit play go again and then <laughs> my phone's just going and i pick it up and the guy rented me the place was like you gotta stop like cops have been called three times oh my god and then who shows up and so i put the phone down i'm like okay and then you know i basically was like we're gonna go one more time and i put the phone down and hit play we start going and then there's like this mystery side door that we didn't even notice and that like right a next to us door. is like a loft a, lo- a locked door and we just hear bang 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 so we stop and we open up the door and these two police officers come in and they're standing there and they're like What's going on? And we're like, well, we're just trying to make a music. We're, we're Half the bands to... underneath sheets covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see that—that's right. the thing. At, at that point, we we realized we were like, okay, clearly 
we we got three takes of the live stuff. Now we need to get creative. What can we do to be quiet? We to also like could use the out? speakers. We had to pl- so I had to be so quiet had, enough we that I could off play it phones. off my phone. Oh my god! Yeah. And so a lot of people in the video. We only shot how many takes we do? One real take with the full band, and, and then everything else is fake. Everything is fake. We're pretending to drum. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and like it's the close-ups all- are like unplugged, and then so we were standing there, and we're like, "Well, what could we do?" You know, to kind of make this a little more interesting. And you know, I can't remember who it was, but it was like, "Okay, you lay down there. You lay down there. We're gonna put sheets over you, and then Courtney's just gonna." Go wild! I wanted to look like a cult leader. Yeah, like yeah. get everyone to like to take the the drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. So, so we hit play on our phone, and we just recorded Courtney dancing a bunch while we were dead on the ground. And I and, and the <laughs> and it worked out cool because it looks so awkward because the perf- all the performance where you can actually see the whole band playing, and I'm like. I'm not really lip syncing properly and, and everyone kind of looks really stiff. It's because that's literally, that was just our, our run through yeah. and we couldn't hear. So the whole time we we're like, oh, I can't hear. We need to have the speakers louder. We were, you know, we were just running through getting levels and that, that ended up having to be the music video. The final. Wow. So it it, looks, it, it makes it yeah awkward. unsettling, right? Yeah. 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 And you're kind of dancing in halftime. Yeah, and- it's weird. It doesn't make any sense and so so at that, um, at that point we were still editing all of our own videos and everything and we were sitting there and we we're like well we need we need some more shots and we were talking about it and we re- we remembered that there's this almost like an abandoned village about 45 minutes away from where we live and it's a it's a tsunami zone basically and all the houses are just left because you know some company bought them up and eventually they'll probably do something with it but there's probably about six or seven houses that are just you yeah. know, broken windows and everything there's sea level there's so they have that to blue one in particular that's standing that's sitting right in front of the water and people go through it all the time and we're like let's just take a camera and, and we'll just do some creepy stuff and yeah you know we'll throw we're starting to run out of free music video yeah basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i have a couple more left in me yeah yeah <laughs> all but, our videos are just uh, random spots that are free for us to hang out in every video we've done is nothing's been like a big professional thing or like right. oh, here's a barn up oh, here's our backyard but yeah just do them in there it looks so good that's seriously yeah. one of the coolest videos yeah. honestly that means that's a lot awesome. that means michael a lot. Michael doesn't, we don't edit videos and do, and do all that stuff because we're super passionate about doing that ourselves. It's just out of necessity. We'd much rather pay someone that inspires us to, knows what to, they're doing. to create a concept <laughs> for us and, and work with us. But, you know, out of necessity. And we all, luckily we have a guy that's directed a couple of our videos. His name's Dylan and he has his own production company called Versa Films. And he's out of the kindness of his heart really helped us out. And tried to cut costs like as much as possible um, to to because he just really you know wanted to make a cool he could he heard the songs I was like I I feel like I could make a cool video so he directed our a one video it's called Perennial yeah beautiful yeah. video and, great one and and then he directed the another video the the last one he did called Bleach Bath oh but the problem is you know he still is working on his literally a zero dollar budget so he's like all right you guys have to find me for free. Locations to shoot, you know. Yeah. Oh my god! So we've all had to become really creative and, yeah. and like push ourselves to figure something out on our island. So from now on, though, we're going big time. Yeah, <laughs> that bleach bath video looks like it was shot in a kill room. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, just a, it's just a barn. It's just, it looks a like a slaughterhouse. It does. Yeah. So the day before we had to go in and we had to get all the hay out of the, yeah. out of the hay barn. Uh, and the, the, farmer, the farmer was like, you can use it, but you got to clear out all this hay. So the day before, we were just sitting there and, you know, poor Courtney's got asthma and all this dust is coming oh, up. No. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, so but, Dylan will be very pleased next time we do a video with him. We'll, we'll be like, all right, we can probably go wherever you'd like. Yeah, here it. we go. go oh, this uh, dude in our backyard let us use his barn for eight hours. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who are the characters you're playing in that video? The redhead and the blonde. You know, they were They were just... Me looking on on Amazon.ca and being like, which wigs can I afford? <laughs> and then I'm really I'm so fortunate because our bass player Bill, his wife Ashley, happens to be a amazing makeup artist, and I always kind of joke with her that she's like the creative director of the band as far as how we look because she helped me come up with. She, you know, we tried to really brainstorm what what is like a almost free outfit idea that someone who isn't talented in that respect can make. She's like Saran Wrap. We found a couple. We found a couple cool um, visuals of some models wearing like very interesting handmade cellophane dresses, like really cool editorial stuff. So she's like, "All right, go to Michaels and and get some cellophane, and then so that night I'm just gonna wrap all this cellophane around you, and it's a dress." So she just. She and I just uh, wanted to have me look beautiful, but like very disturbing. So we just worked with, okay, what does Courtney have in her closet? What wigs can Courtney get? And how, and, and she had, you know, really short amount of time to do all these makeup looks on me. So that whole, we did that all in the one day. I'd shoot all my scenes exactly the same. And then Michael's dad would come pick us up from the barn and drive us back to his parents' house. And she'd take off my makeup. And I do my. I learned how to do wigs and stuff, and and glue them on my head, and, and then and then poor Barry would take us back to the to the you know the slaughterhouse looking place, <laughs> right, yeah. and then and then I we call him again. All right, Barry, we're finishing up in five minutes. You gotta get us again because there's it's not like we have like a you know it's not a, it's not a set. There's no bathroom and like yeah. anything for us to. There's nowhere for me to change and like set up my stuff. I'd have to buy like a craft service table to do that, <laughs> you know? That's fascinating to know the behind the scenes because it just looks so s- slick and amazing, you know, we're, the final we're product. Lucky. We have a, this band. We're so fortunate in this band. We've, we've somehow conned a bunch of really talented people into, <laughs> into just donating their services their to, and their time to yeah. us. More, yeah, more importantly than the services, the time and thoughtfulness behind the, kind of like you guys right now. See, we yeah. found you. You're, you're, donating, <laughs> your time. you're, you're, you're donating your time to us. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a bit about the music, uh, starting with the instrumentation. There's a lot going on. When you are working on the music, there's a lot of like musical moments that are kind of almost spliced inside of it. Some of it sounds like intentional accidents. It's like very controlled chaos. It's super deliberate. What is the process of creating that? It all just starts off with a riff and me sitting in front of a laptop and I'll just record anything that just sounds good to my ear. And then from there, it's just building the riff with drums behind it. So I'll program drums and then just track some bass. And, you know, the, over the years, it's kind of gotten to the point where instead of being overly critical of each little thing, you know, in one session, I'll just try to get as much of a song done as possible. So w- whether that's an intro or verse and then maybe a chorus, if I'm lucky, you know, as long as it's all recorded, I know I have it. And then from there, it's just kind of plugging away at it until, you know, something clicks and it all connects. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, it's it's all just a lot of me hunched over in front of a laptop and just hoping everything kind of works. And <laughs> right, right. Tell Michael gets to go to the basement. Yeah, go to Michael, the go to the basement, make us some songs. <laughs> or you turn on that spirit box and ask yeah. a question. Spirit yeah, box. there you go. What key spirit box. The song be in? Does the song gent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gent, you know? Please respond. Oh, Please yeah. respond. Please respond. Love Michael. But a, a really cool thing about these two new songs is that you know I usually have a problem with worrying about if something is not uh, complex enough. You know what I mean? Where like I'm not like like I was just saying like over the years I have gotten better, but I sometimes when something is too simple, I'm just like, now we can't do it. I I kind of get, I lose, I lose the whole vision of it all. You know what I mean? So this time around with Dan, our producer, Dan Bronstein, he, uh, he, he came up to Canada. Uh, what was it? End of, end of June, a month ago. Yeah. A month ago, end of July. Sorry. And, um, yeah, like I had all these riffs and everything and we just sat there for, I don't know, four days, five days. And we wrote about five songs together. And with him just kind of making me have those aha moments where like, you know, maybe it would have taken me another six months to figure that out as to where to go with it. With him, he's like, no, 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 you already have it. We just need to move this here and cut this. You know what I mean? So it it was great to be able to sit there and actually have someone else. Like a teammate. Yeah. And like really guide the ship with me, you know? So we've never gone to do that before. No. It seems like such a, such a complex thing to do because you have Courtney who's singing some beautiful melodic you know parts of the song and you're like wow and then next second she's screaming her ass off you know yeah Yeah. so it's like how do you balance i mean how do you is it do you always have to go into that mindset of thinking she's going to do this here and this here when you're writing the guitar parts well it's interesting because you know everything up until these two songs i would never hear what courtney would have in mind for the parts Mm. until we'd go to record it I don't tell it. If I show them, it means that it's permanent. Yeah. So it's like I don't, until I go to record, I don't like to tell anyone my lyrics or oh, anything. Wow. So I, don't some, even, I don't even write them down properly. No, that's true. Until it's, the day of. Yeah. 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 She was showing me her, her booklet yesterday for one of these songs, and she was like, See this 80 page booklet? It's just one song. Going like this. Wow. Like, Lines like manically scribbled oh, everywhere. You know what I mean? I guess there's magic in that surprise though. It's probably magic in holding withholding that, right? Yeah, it's like it makes it it makes me not have to commit. It's like I think it's like a safety blanket thing. Yeah. Like I don't I don't have to commit to this thing until I in the in the day off I write all the lyrics actually out all on one page and then my I guess in my brain I'm like, All right, now you have to do this. Yeah. It's here. And with before too, I would always have to be there and, and recording Courtney for the songs, everything else would be in a, you know, a, a different engineer recording my parts. So sitting there and hearing everything for the first time for the official final thing, it's tough because we would always kind of go back and forth and Courtney be my significant other too. That has another dynamic where like, maybe she'll take me saying something like, Oh, that wasn't maybe as good or blah, blah, blah. Like she might take, take, take that as an insult or whatever. And now with Dan in the mix and, and him actually recording Courtney, it's kind of nice. I get to kind of just play the middleman as opposed to like telling her what to do and stuff. Yeah. So and then, you know, Dan's actual, this is Dan's passion and his right. job is producing. So, right. yeah. you know, where people tell us, Oh, I think it's so cool that you guys do everything DIY. And we're like, we don't want, we don't want to, <laughs> we really don't want we're to poor. We yeah. don't do this because we want yeah. to do it. We want to, we want the, we want to work with the best people yeah. and yeah. learn. We, we've learned so much just getting to work with Dan a little bit. And he, he laughs so hard because this is just his every day. This is just, he's like, this is just how it is. You work, you work with songwriters and everyone, and you bounce ideas off each other and it gets the creativity flowing and it gives you guys a confidence. Cause I'm like propping you up. 
And we've never done that. It's always just us very remote by ourselves. We never work with anyone else. Mm-hmm. We don't even have another guitar player in our band. And Michael does all the, he, he does all the bass, he does all the drums, and he does all the guitar. But see, this is where I think that all this hustle, this is the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. This is what makes your sound. Yeah. You could, you know, hand it off somebody else, some producer, and they'll, you know, wash it, right. change, change it up, and you'll be like, well, that's not what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the perfect thing about this is that Dan, this is his first time producing us and actually physically recording us, but he's the one that has mixed and mastered all of our music. Mm-hmm. So he's been working with us on this project since the beginning, so he, like, knows what i would do and he knows what michael would do and he he he's probably heard our songs more than we've heard our songs he, he, he gets the them. mission statement right. for sure yeah so, so it's cool it's like it's like our he's like our surrogate band member yeah yeah you know yeah. and he's still letting us go buck wild in there he's like wow yeah. you guys are very interesting to work with he mainly <laughs> works with like pop people like like um like soundcloud rapper guys yeah. sure yeah right. so sure. he's like this is He's like, this is quite an experience for him too. He's having fun. Yeah. That polarity of darkness and light that you guys do so well makes for a really cinematic listen. Yeah. One example I can think of uh, would be at the end of the Mara Effect Part 2, a wonderful example of the evil side of what you do in, in terms of dissonance. And even though you said your songs really can be broken down into riffs, the presentation is a lot more liquid than that and seems to have more in common with like a film score or like classical music when, oh, it's, wow. when it's done. I was wondering if there was any influence from film scores, from horror movies or anything like that, that you're maybe even subconsciously applying to the attack. Big I think time. you love the tension of tension for sure. I mean, a prime example of that not really a horror movie, but like Interstellar. Uh, sorry, not Interstellar. Uh, Inception. Mm. Inception is is one of the best examples of that. I feel like Interstellar you, is a great soundtrack, and too. also Interstellar for sure. But you know, it, it's it's a prime example of if you were to take that out, would that movie have the same impact? Probably not. It, and it's so it's so its own thing. You hear certain sounds from that soundtrack, and you know exactly what it's from. You know what I mean? So that mentality definitely kind of carries over to what we do because we want to incorporate, you know, whether it's sounds or whether it's moments where not a lot of other bands are thinking about putting white noise or static or just something that if you were to take it out, you know, it would just make everything kind of, you know, fall apart, really. I look at it like you're kind of, and I try to do the same thing with my vocals, but I feel like you lay the groundwork a lot more with the instrumental. To me, when I listen to the stuff that you're making, it's like you're creating a little, you're creating a little world, like the song's a little, a little universe. You know, sure. Same yeah. like how in a movie, you know, you have to create the, the world in the movie. Everything has yeah. to have its place, right? Like it, it's, it's got to sit perfectly. Otherwise it's just a bunch of riffs, right? Like, or just a bunch of small parts pieced together and you're just hoping, grasping at straws, hoping that it can kind of work. You know what so, I mean? So, yeah. So I, I listen to the stuff that you do the same way, you know, some of my, some composers that I think are really cool. Like for when they're making stuff for movies, it just sounds really thoughtful. It's really, really thoughtful. And I feel like his stuff's really thoughtful too. Oh, thank you. Every little, <laughs> every little piece that he puts in there is like very intentional and, and like, humble in some ways but it's really cool but it's not really about his musicality it's not someone that doesn't really care about someone's technical skills on the guitar still really appreciates it and i think people that do appreciate technical stuff even though it's not super flashy i think they can really see like the the thoughtfulness in it you know i wanted to talk about the lyrics real quick too 
there's an ethereal dark poetry there when you really look into it. The videos have the lyrics posted for a lot of the stuff. Right. Mara Effect 3, mm-hmm. I'm a language that you've hidden a syllable and now you're refusing to speak. Beautiful stuff. It's something that is also really connecting with people and the listeners on the comments board are really gravitating to what yeah. you're writing about. I was wondering if you can comment on your lyrical approach to this stuff. Well, I usually start out with a, like a theme, like a idea in my head, like kind of if I think maybe I don't know anything about this stuff, but maybe the way someone who wants is a director, a screenplay writer might decide I want to make like a, a short film or something like that. I usually have a little idea in my head, but it usually snowballs and, and the song generally is about uh, something like some theme always like it always goes back no matter what I do it always goes back to being about myself like so I, I start out writing the song about like for instance the Mara effect song all those songs are um it's like a little story I thought of of a sleep paralysis so it's like the first part is someone who's just kind of discontent in their life it's the second part it, now they're going to bed they go to sleep they're dreaming and then you know when you're having a like a nice dream, but like you're about to go into nightmare zone and you can almost like feel that you're like, something's coming like under the happy part of your dream. There's something stressful that's bubbling up. And then the third part is like you're, you're in your nightmare and then you you're going into sleep paralysis and it's very scary and you don't really, you know, is it real? Are you really getting consumed by like a, a demon, some dark force or is it, is it just truly sleep paralysis and, and why do we get it? And that's how it, like that's an example of, a theme in a, in one of our songs, but you know, it always ends up somehow going back to me being really discontent with my life and how I deal with depression. Like it always goes back to my insecurities and my depression. And I think that's just a way for me to, to work it out. Cause I don't really, I don't go to therapy. I don't really talk to anybody else other than Michael about it. And I feel really uncomfortable. I'm not one of those musicians that likes to, open myself up in that way i'm more i like i'm more of like a my coping mechanism is more like self-deprecating and stuff like that but then i you know it doesn't matter always i i can even trick myself to think i'm not writing about that and then like a couple months later i'll be like oh my god this song's about me everything's about me i'm the singer everything's about me so i think so i think that's i don't even know i don't even know what i'm writing most of the time i envy people that are really able and a lot of poets and even a lot of um authors it's just every every word they write is so intentional and they can really explain to you why they chose those words i every month whatever our songs are about changes for me (laughs) right now they're about me being sad i I don't know know. you you write those lyrics but then also your fans who listen to the music and read those lyrics, they can resonate with that. They understand it because they're probably going through the same thing themselves, yeah. you know? And so they yeah. appreciate that. And they're Most like, wow, I'm not alone. stuff you know? is universal. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Right. So, yeah. So right now, if you ask me in six months, I might give you a different answer. But <laughs> that's, right now, that's how, that's how it's going for me. So as far as playing live, I believe the band is only played live like a few times mm-hmm. in March. Mm-hmm. So what are your plans moving forward for live shows? And uh, We have some stuff in the works, which is really exciting. This whole time has just been like a, like a build online because especially being where we're from, we can't really easily just go out and start grinding and start. And, and at the same time too, in, in the day and age that we are with social media and everything, it just it just made a lot more sense to kind of put 
the money and everything into the songs and the visuals and really connecting with people that way. So then, you know, when we do go out, it will kind of make it a little easier with people maybe already knowing us or maybe a friend talking about us or something, but looking like it's going to be the year, which we're really excited Any day about. now, we're really hoping to get a, like a tour offer, officially a tour offer to just be an opening band on like a European tour for oh, us cool. and bands. Yeah. This is brand new information that we just found out a couple of days ago and it's really like energized us to, to think that some people like care enough to like trust us and believe in us to, to let us be one of those you know small amount of bands that gets to go on that stuff because it's that's how you finally get those opportunities just one person has to believe in you and then it's like a snowball yeah. effect if you do good if you do well yeah and if you if you have if you really put a lot into your performance and you execute it well it's, oh, yeah. it snowballs up are there any bands you're looking forward to touring with or hoping to tour with? Oh, everyone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. Basically. We're just, we're so removed from this world. Just getting to go to a show. We went, we went to our friend's show in, in at the Terragon, what is it? I always call it the Terragon ballroom. Is it the, yeah. The, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. We went to our friend's show a couple days ago there and just getting to be like backstage with them getting ready and, and watching all the production it's just such a novelty to us and yeah. we and we just miss being around anyone that's like that that understands what we're trying to do and i just felt so when we were leaving i was like i just feel so understood by everybody here yeah and at home if you're not in the entertainment world or any worlds like that it's just really hard to identify with all of uh, creative people like yourselves. I was like, sure. why are you doing that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. cause everyone, you know, everyone has to have day jobs and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it's a totally different world. Yeah. And maybe they're not negative about it, but you just feel kind of misunderstood. Yeah. Or, you know, it'd be like, why, if you didn't get to surround yourself with people who are so delighted by seeing like all your props in here, like if they didn't understand and appreciate how cool that stuff is, you know, you're kind of like, man. And then you finally meet a friend that is like, I love that stuff too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it, so it's not that you didn't see value in what you were doing, but you just, not being understood by other people really wears you down. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you feed off the energy of yeah. people who are like-minded, right? Yeah. And you yeah. get it. So, so I think, I don't care who we tour with. I just would love to be around professional musicians, like people that do that as their job and got to that level that I would, you know, I strive to be at. I'd love that. We used to be a part of that world you know, like we, we, we would be gone a lot of the year and that's just what we did. And then once we were cut off from that for a little while, it, it's been about four years. We miss it so It much. just feels like an eternity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's so fun. Cause we finally got to, like, we're finally like, wow, we figured out what we want to do. And my, and our hope was that we would f figure out something else we were passionate about that was more sustainable within the last couple of years. Yeah. But it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I only We're stuck like on this. singing and, <laughs> right. and writing songs and performing. It's yeah. meant all to I be. That's all, I mean, cause what you guys yeah. are doing, you got, like we've been talking about it. You, there's so much passion and intent and everybody who's responding to it is responding with equal pat. Like they're yeah. responding with that passion you put in right back to you. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. It already is. Once you guys are out on the road and stuff, it's just going to yeah. explode. It's, we just, I think if we, most bands are just, one song or one music video kind of snowballs and we haven't had that one yet, but we've also, I feel like we've, we've done a really good job with how long our songs are. It's people, it's hard for people to, to focus on like a six minute song and music video. Yeah. But we challenged ourselves this time. We're like, we're all our, our songs. We're going to make two songs 
They're going to be under four minutes long. <laughs> and it was really challenging. It was. It was really challenging. Our producers right now, like in the studio, like trying to shave off a couple sure, seconds. Sure, yeah, exactly. Of certain beats and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just not something we're, we have a lot of experience with. But yeah. so this was really, so these songs probably are the most simple sounding songs that we've done. As far as just having like the structure, there's some more reoccurring parts in it. But man, this was so challenging it made me want to work even harder to be more intentional about that stuff mm-hmm. about songwriting so what are your guys's top three horror films that you like to watch hmm well i god what would be what would be one of your favorite ones one of my favorites is hereditary yeah even though it's more of a recent one that's yeah it, that's one that's really stuck with me for sure Oh yeah, that bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time bummed you know, me out. I, I like the ones yeah. that if you took out any of the scary stuff, the story still really stood on its own. Like the Conjuring yeah. movies. Yeah, I like the Conjuring movies. That, yeah, especially the first one too. Yeah. That one really. It's a yeah. compelling story. That's a great right. story. And that's why I like it's the a great exor- love story yeah. too. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it is. That's why I like the ex- like the Exorcist. If you, if you took out if you turned that into a drama instead of like a thriller. The script is great, and you know that's why I love um, like Rosemary's Baby. Oh, beautiful movie, because great it's movie. so coo- It's so kooky, yeah, and it is. and if you took out all the horrifying, creepy parts, it's still an interesting story about this girl that's like isolated and and just you know like in a prison in her own home just because of her not having any worldly experience and being with this older dude who thinks he knows everything. So even if you took out the the son of the devil and the and all that stuff, like it's it's a cool, it's a compelling thing. So those are the ones yeah. that I latch onto the most. Uh, Poltergeist, yeah, yeah, I love Poltergeist. Even just what's surrounding it after the fact as well, just insane. Like all the death insane. stuff, all the death. Yeah, it's a haunted movie. Down. Yeah, definitely. Very spooky. Um, and and uh, as you were saying, like with the, oh, sorry. Which was the one with the Ed, the Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, the Conjuring? Conjuring, yeah. Anything to do with Ed and, Ed and Lorraine Warren, for sure. Those two really, really interest me. Because a lot of people think that they're faking it or, you know, it's a hoax or anything. But I've seen, I don't know, I've seen, I've seen some of the footage from some of the cases that they have. Where, you know, they're in this apartment or their house and like chairs are being pulled and everything. And they're just an interesting couple. You yeah, know? it's like, pretty creepy. What would yeah. be top three because i need one more what would be one more i don't know i love I mean, her and Terry. you don't have to <laughs> it has to be three exactly. you cannot leave I, until you yeah. no, and i think fine. the the ring i rewatched it again and it didn't it's aged out a little bit but you know every movie does age yeah right. exactly mm-hmm. it is but i think i like the um the darkness of that movie i like the vibes of that movie and that movie really disturbed me as a kid so i think that one i kind of like it's like been like imprinted. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you guys are big in the true crime, right? And uh, oh, yeah. serial killers and all that. Yeah. So I'm gonna circle back a little bit here and mention The Exorcist because you brought it up, Courtney, a couple times here. Mm-hmm. And specifically, you mentioned the scene uh, with the CT scan. Yeah. Do you know why that's probably the, one of the scariest scenes in the movie? Did it, it was like wasn't there? I, I'm such a see. I remember I was saying I can't remember. I'm not retaining information. It wasn't like the guy that was the doctor in it. He like killed yes someone yes. after he was in the movie. He was a serial killer. Yeah, at the same time they were shooting that movie. Yeah. Oh my. Or it was I didn't a guy. He was an orderly or something. Yep. It was something. Or he's a nurse. Yep. And he was a serial killer. Yeah, he was killing. He was killing. Uh, I believe gay men in, in New York City. Yeah. Right wow. when they were filming that movie. It's so chilling. I want to watch it again. And actually, I don't. I feel like I. I ugh. Just seeing that guy and just knowing that he was 
just living his normal I'm in a movie extra life on production sets then going off and doing and that doing that yep. Ugh, that's so gross that's wild yeah oh what a I don't I don't think I last time I watched it I knew that so I, I know that's I, funny you're I'm the first scared. person who actually like can reference that I don't like, I know that story you know, I love saying. I love podcasts and I love true crime and I yeah. don't know why I just I, I think it's because um, I think a lot of I think a lot of women in particular love true crime podcasts. It's kind of like a therapeutic way to work out some feelings that we all have our secret feelings of, of these really scary things happening to us. Maybe that's why I, I don't feel like I'm morbidly fascinated. Like I feel like compelled to listen to it. Like I'm not like stoked about all the gory details. I just feel like I have to hear it <laughs> and like almost learn from it. Do you guys have a favorite uh, true crime story? Story? Story. Hmm. Um, killer, you know, or... Uh, that's a good question, actually. I just listened to like a four-part podcast on like uh, John Wayne Gacy that was horrible. There's also the guy from Vancouver that you would know, Robert Picton. Oh, yeah, the, the farm. Picton. He yeah. had a farm and he... Yeah, really any where the people... And the Golden State Killer... The serial right. killers, and at the same time, it's like a a love hate thing. I hate that I'm like giving them the time of day, but I'm more fascinated in I'm fascinated in like the psychology part of it of like and, and how superior serial killers feel. They have this sense of like gravitas where I am the smartest person in the world. No one will catch me, and I I just love hearing about like their ego right. and then like their demise of of the, when they became careless. I was so interested because the uh, Golden State Killer. Wasn't he uh, re- recently uh, caught yeah. because of the, yeah. the book that Patton Oswalt's yeah. wife wrote? Yeah, yeah. and she—it's—it sucks that she didn't get to see the end of it. But right. um, but yeah, she she did research on that for like ten years or something. Yeah. And then her book came out posthumously. But then after that, they they caught him with all those DNA websites. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's cool. so fascinating. And and Ha-ha. for <laughs> for me, like recently, I've been really interested in the deep web. And a lot of what these uh, serial killer stories, like the reason why they fascinate me is because a lot of the time you're just sitting there being like, how do they not, like, how do they not think they're going to get caught? You know what I mean? Uh, I was listening to like a three part documentary on uh, Silk Road, the the deep website where you could buy drugs or you can buy firearms and stuff. And it was going, going, in, going in depth about the guy who started that and how he's in jail now, but how he started putting hits out on people through silk road and that you could the hire him you could hire him and you can like buy people you can you can do anything on that side, anything basically. horrible you could think of you, you can do, do it. it and yeah that that was extremely fascinating to me because the whole aspect of you know like finally getting caught and everything well it's so scary because in the deep web like you straight up could avoid if you're that careful right you can avoid right. all like that cryptocurrency to yeah. pay for all the stuff fact. and all that anonymity yeah See, that's, that's, that, that's wild. Terrifying. fascinating to me because at a certain point there is no anonymity. Somebody has to reveal where they live yeah, or yeah. where they are to get the drugs delivered. The guns I know, delivered, yeah. the, You know, so how does that unfold, you know? Well, it, it's it's insane because we can only really access 2% of the internet. Everything outside of that is stuff that's, you know, military or, or whatnot. But that's why the deep web is so terrifying because people are using these certain browsers that hide where you are with VPNs and then... I would never visit it or anything like that. I just find the whole concept fascinating, but you can get away with some pretty horrible stuff. I'm sure. We also love cult leaders. 
Yes. Like, I and you know what I mean. That also don't take that out of context. Right. <laughs> I Bernie Love, big fan of Jim Jones, big fan, big fan. But you know, like all that stuff. I um I am really interested in their like their origin story because a lot of them it's always typical. It's like that you know, oh man. Well, after hearing about how their mom was or their dad was, I see. And then some of them had like wonderful childhoods, yeah. and they still became like horrible monster people and. And it's always like that fine line of you being like a con man and then figuring out how to manipulate people and like and get them to follow you and then even follow you into death. Yeah. And figuring out who's vulnerable. The psychology of all that stuff I find really interesting, especially like mirroring it back into just like religions that we just take for granted that are we think are fine. And like to kind of like turn the lens back on how like organized religion but then also just like how that kind of stuff veers off into crazy territory very quickly. Yeah. I was so fascinated by that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I find it, I, I mean, that's probably why we like hereditary is because of all like the weird. Yeah. yeah. Occult little yeah. undertones with yeah. that. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've been, I've been reading about this recent, uh, it's not a recent true crime, but I've been recently reading about this true crime case that actually happened around Burbank. And it was these two guys in the seventies and they bought a 1977, like GMC van mm-hmm. and outfitted it as a traveling torture machine. <gasps> wow. And they called it the murder Mac. Whoa. Wow. I've not heard and of that. And there was two guys who met in jail. One was like a convicted sex offender and the other was a bank robber. And in jail, they became friends and they made this plan that they wanted to kidnap and kill a girl from each age from 13 to 19. They want to have one of each age. What? And they audio taped it. Oh and they, my God. So the audio tapes are considered one of the first real snuff yeah you know i guess film but it's audio right yeah really (laughs) and it's uh yeah so they played it they played it back in court and people were (gasps) leaving and vomiting and stuff like that so i mean the tapes are are out there this horrible and the transcripts of the torture but they got caught from bragging to other people about what they're because like as you said they have this this thing in their head this thank arrogance god, thank god those people have that arrogance otherwise we would never catch them yeah exactly right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah there's some podcasts where they go into way too much detail where they'll like oh here's the audio blah 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 i just turn it off yeah right away. i can't yeah. help it, though. I, can't I can't turn it off you can't I, I um like there was there was one i was listening to of, you, do you remember there's this old guy and it's like he there's people breaking into his house all the time and so he just was like it's kind of like an opportunity to kill them he he sat there he knew they were good teenagers he knew they were gonna break in and steal stuff so he sat there waiting for them with a gun so he could shoot them and then call the cops and say it was self-defense but he forgot his security systems also recorded audio so you hear him like shoot them and walk over to them and be like i got i'm gonna kill you you little piece of shit you know and i'm just i'm just like michael and i we work we both work together in an office and we no one talks all day we just listen to podcasts i'm just like sitting there just like, <laughs> yeah and i'll just look at michael oh my god yeah and, like, and people like hey Courtney, can i get you anything i'm like mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Well, everything's fine working on my report yeah Someone's getting murdered we have the we have this uh this system on there where it's almost like MSN or like a chat thing where you can it's just talk Skype. to other employees, Skype. like a Skype for business. And all the time we'll just be sitting there and like, what are you listening to? She's like, Oh, just, you know, kidnap like this guy kidnapped someone and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, I'm listening to, you know, this guy. The blue crew. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah was, that was a nice, that was a nice, that was a nice change. I listened to you guys on the plane and, it was the one. It was one where you guys had the a wheel that you spin, and then you have to watch the movie. The wheel oh, of the damned. damned. <laughs> and you were talking about the Japanese movie that you really that was a cool, like more obscure one, maybe from the eighties. Hausu. 
Yeah, I, I think never, it was. I yeah, never heard of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's all these like cool like girls that like that yeah. fight and they had cool names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their names were all what they had that had to do with them. And I was like, I gotta see that. <laughs> I really yeah. see we'll have to get you guys in on the wheel of the damned. We could do a Skype over from here. Yeah, I'd, be too, awesome. yeah. I'd be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I can only watch scary movies with Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. We're just about in an hour and a half. So I we told are you, in a I rambled. This is awesome, though. <laughs> well, guys, thank you. so so much yeah. for being here. We really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank yeah, you so much for having us. And yeah. we can't wait for the future of Spirit yep. Box. This is yeah. exciting. It's Whenever so awesome. we're done, I'll send it to you and you guys can yeah, you have to share. Check it out. It's really different. Please. It's really different. But that's why I like this band. I, f- I don't I don't give a shit. Like I'll do if I want to make a country song, I'll make a country song. If I want to make a 10 minute long Meshuggah song, I'll make that. I don't care. I, we're going to do whatever we want. So yeah. I hope you guys like it. Yeah. It's okay if you don't. The next Definitely. one will probably be different. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 94. Special thanks to our guests, Courtney LaPlante and Mike Stringer of the band Spirit Box. Follow them at Spirit Box Music on Instagram, at Spirit Box Band on Twitter. Go to spiritboxband.com for some of the most comfy hoodies and shirts you've ever worn. I'm not kidding. They have incredible merch. Also, tour dates at time of release. Tickets are available for their European tour supporting After the Burial alongside Make Them Suffer in Polar. Go see them play a kickoff show in Victoria, B.C., Canada on February 22nd. Get their new single, Rule of Nines, their self-titled EP, and the Singles Collection EP everywhere. Music for this episode provided by Spirit Box. Production tracks from Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.